Welcome back to The Ron Show. Here we are on the back half for Monday, December 26, 2022. I'm your host, Ron Roberts, on the America One Radio app, AmericaOneRadio.com. Happy Boxing Day to my Canadian friends, and uh, I guess happy Umoja, uh, first day of Kwanzaa. We've been talking a little bit about that on the show. I'm joined by Kate Goldfinch, who's an immigration attorney in Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas, where... There is a fellow by the name of Greg Abbott who somehow has a very high-profile job despite being an utter jackass. Allow me to politicize that just a little bit. Kate, thanks for joining us. I appreciate that. (laughs) Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. So uh, as the owner and CEO of Lincoln Goldfinch Law, I have to ask you first question right off the bat. Is immigration law uh, one that pays? Because I got to think just the utter frustration that is our intransigent immigration policy makes it a tough gig. Yeah, it's definitely a tough area of practice. And I would say most of the lawyers and legal support workers who are drawn to it are mission oriented. They're here to serve the immigrants and their families. um, And they're called to it because of that, not because it happens to be a particularly lucrative area of law practice. So, before we went into the holiday weekend, we saw a, a little bit of, well, inaction, I guess I should say, on Title 42 between uh, mostly red states all along the southern border and the Biden administration. Uh, explain to everybody real quick, just if you can, in layman's terms, what Title 42 is and the impact of delaying repealing it, uh, what, what kind of impact it has on folks. Sure. So when with Title 42, we're talking about... a how it applies to asylum seekers at the border. Mm -hmm. So people who come to the U.S. border and they say, for whatever reason, I'm afraid of returning to my country. And historically, for the last 70 years, the U.S. has had a border policy which, which has said that anyone who arrives at the border and says, I have a fear of returning to my country, they can be processed in and be screened for asylum. They go through a credible fear interview, and not all of them qualify, of course. And the ones who get denied at the interview, they'll get returned back to their country. Um, And the ones who are approved, they don't win asylum at that point, but they get processed into the country where they begin to prepare for an asylum hearing before an immigration judge. Mm -hmm. And that's been the system that we've had in place for decades. Well, when President Trump took office, he it's no secret that his, you know, one of his goals was to shut down asylum eligibility at the US border and he took a number of actions, one of them being this Title 42. And it's a health and human services provision that allows the president to essentially shut down the border for uh, public safety due to, you know, an outbreak of something. Mm -hmm. And interestingly enough, the Trump administration attempted to close the border under Title 42 before we even knew about COVID Mm. um, because of the mumps. And that was blocked by the courts. (laughs) And when COVID happened, that gave him the opportunity to finally implement it and shut down the border due to COVID, right? Mm -hmm. Which, you know, it, it could make sense right in the beginning of a pandemic. Um, The issue is that it has still not been lifted and it is being used as a border enforcement tool. And we have not returned back to the era in which we have a system for screening and processing asylum seekers. Hmm. What we do now is just kick everyone out to Mexico, which creates a whole host of other problems and violence Hmm. um, against migrants in Mexico. So that's what Title 42 is. It's It's a policy that says, 
uh, due to public safety, we are going to close the border to asylum seekers. And why is the Biden administration, well, last week, essentially delaying any movement on that until I guess they said this week at the earliest? Sure. There have been, I mean, first of all, I would argue that the Biden administration has been dragging its feet quite a bit mm-hmm. on reversing Trump era border policies. Right. And I think that's the because the po- politics of this are just so thorny. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of confusion, a lot of misinformation. And policies like Title 42, they actually inflate the numbers of migrant apprehensions at the border because you can imagine if someone is coming across the border and they just get immediately returned because of Title 42, well, they haven't been screened. They haven't been given an answer into their eligibility. And so what are they going to do? They're going to come back tomorrow and try again. Hmm. So it inflates the number of people being apprehended at the border when we have a policy like Title 42 in place. So the Biden administration, you know, is getting all this heat um, about border stuff. And Hmm. so they don't push to reverse Trump era policies. They have finally announced they're going to reverse Title 42, and it gets caught up in the court system, right? That Abbott, you know, other Republican governors will lead uh, litigation against Biden's policies reversing Trump's policies. And that is what has happened with Title 42. So I got to ask, because this is your your forte, and I'm here in Atlanta, Georgia, and I follow this because it's a political football, obviously, as most folks do from a layman's point of view. What is the percentage you would guess, guesstimate, just from your uh, uh, expertise, the folks that are coming to our borders, what is the percentage that are here seeking asylum versus those who who are just coming because they seek a better opportunity? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, And it, you know, there's, of course, there's lots of ways to interpret statistics. Um, I, the last I looked into this, um, it was about split down the middle. Mm. Um, And of course, it depends on who's running the study and and what questions they're asking. Mm -hmm. But I would say we do have, you know, at the border, we have a significant percentage of, you know, what I would call true asylum seekers, people who are seeking refuge uh, due to persecution uh, in their home country. The other group are migrants who are coming, you know, to work, to mm-hmm. send money home to their family. And I think it's really worth talking about. These are separate issues. Number one, do we as a nation want to honor our commitment and our promise to take care of people who are fleeing persecution. You know, that whole thing arose after our failure to do so during World War II when we sent away a a big ship of 900 Jewish refugees back to their deaths in Europe. And and there was a reckoning after World War II where we said, we're not going to be that country. Mm -hmm. Um, That's separate. The other issue is, do we need um, low and mid-skilled immigrants in the U.S. economy? The answer to that question is, Absolutely. Um, But the problem is that Congress hasn't passed immigration reform to reflect the true needs of our economy. We have the jobs. We need the immigrant labor. These are people who are coming to fill jobs that exist. And if only we could have an immigration legal system that would reflect the needs of our economy, a lot of this chaos and tension would be resolved. But it's such a hot button issue that we can't even get simple, obvious legislation across like dreamers. You know, I mean, it's just, it's mind boggling when you think about the aging population of the United States. It used to be 
that, you know, we had way more babies than we had old people. Mm -hmm. And that is flipped. I mean, if you look at the graphs, it'll just break your head. You know, we are about to enter into an era in which most of the people in the United States are elderly. Um, and we, the only way to resolve this issue is by bringing in immigrant labor. All the economists say it, everyone knows it, everyone who's looking at the data knows that this is the truth. And so what we really need to be doing is having an honest conversation about passing immigration reform that provides legal ways for people to come here and work because they're going to come here and work one way or the other. So we're on with Kate Lincoln-Goldfinch, who is the owner-CEO of Lincoln-Goldfinch Law in Austin, Texas. He's an immigration attorney. Uh, you know, you mentioned the workforce, and I kept thinking about our supply chain issues that we were going through uh, in the immediate aftermath of reopening our economy post-COVID. And I, I, there was that 160 Minutes episode where they went through the supply chain issue at point by point, and I kept thinking, man, if only we had like, you know, 10, 12,000 folks who wanted to, you know, work their way into, uh, you know, our, our nation. Uh, I think we were dealing with a Haitian refugee crisis at that point in time, and yet the ports didn't have enough bodies to help offload cargo, uh, you know, to, 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 to get onto trucks and mm -hmm. into our local supply, into our, our domestic supply chain. So I'm glad you brought that up because that is an important part. And, and also... Farmers were feeling the pinch of Trump policies as far as here in Georgia and in South Carolina when a lot of crops were rotting on the trees and vines because we didn't have folks here to work those fields. It's mm -hmm. it, it, it's so short-sighted to see that these decisions are being made and how they directly impact us as citizens and consumers while also listening to the demonization of you know the immigrant as the moocher when it's actually quite the opposite. We depend on them a lot more than they actually depend on us. And I'm quick to remind anyone, uh, well, you know, this is a taxpayer, you know, funded situation, whether it's education or healthcare, but folks don't seem to understand if you're just renting a place to live in this country, you're paying property taxes because the landlord doesn't mm -hmm. just eat that cost. That's right. Um, so I, I want to get to the Greg Abbott scenario over the weekend. If anyone has missed <laughs> the true meaning of Christmas, it seems that it's your governor, Greg Abbott, who busts some folks uh, hundreds of miles away to uh, far more northern climes uh, just outside the vice president's residence in Maryland, some of them wearing nothing more than shorts and T-shirts. And I have to ask... What what is it with Texas and deplorable politicians? You have Greg Abbott, you have Ted Cruz, and poor old Beto has been trying and trying and trying. Seems like a nice enough guy. How can this guy not win? I don't know. I mean, I just get disappointed, you know, every election cycle and Kim Paxton gets reelected somehow. Every time, I just don't know how it's possible. It is really wild down here um, in Texas, and it's really frustrating as a Texan. You know, mm. I'm a lifelong Texan. To watch my governor misspend taxpayer money on border shenanigans um, and publicity stunts. You know, that's all that this is. I mean, it's there's no question about it. Border enforcement is a federal issue. And mm -hmm. so when a governor like DeSantis flies migrants on private planes to Martha's Vineyard or Abbott buses people to DC, does you know, they're they're spending money. And they're not enforcing, you know, 
the state laws that they ought to be. I mean, here in Texas, we've got power grid issues. We've got educational system issues. And it's really, really frustrating for me to see our governor, um, you know, engaging in this nonsense, um, but also harming us, harming immigrants and not protecting Texans in the ways that we need to be protected. It's just, uh, you know, but also, unfortunately, we're pretty used to it by now around here. It seems like it's the least Christian thing that Governor Abbott could have done over the Christmas holiday weekend. But I also understand in some respects, and please don't connote this to me that I understand Greg Abbott's model of thinking. But I do understand, as you mentioned before, the frustration with the Biden administration and uh, and I can't help but wonder if now that we're clear of the midterms, are we going to see more action? What are your thoughts on that? I do think that we're going to start to see more activity. I think Title 42 is eventually going to be lifted. You know, you can't use a COVID-era policy to enforce border rules forever. It's mm -hmm. just, it's going to have to end. And, you know, I think that probably what we're going to see is a period of pretty intense chaos as we get back to the system that we once had. I don't mm. know if you remember last spring when the Biden administration lifted Title 42, but only as it applied to children. Mm -hmm. And we had all these unaccompanied minors come in. And that's a whole, we could do a whole other show on that. Mm -hmm. I had cases then that would just break your heart. Yeah. But we saw these kids, you know, lost in the system, right? In a system that was not prepared for them. The detention centers were full. The caseworkers weren't available, et cetera, et cetera. Well, the same thing is going to happen now but for asylum seekers, because when you shut off a system that's functioning and you wait a couple of years and you build up the backlog of people desperate at the border and then you turn it back on again, well, it's just obvious it's going to be a chaotic. But I think if we could just hold steady and get to the point where at least we were, mm. right, where we have a way of processing asylum seekers, screening them, sending them home if they don't qualify in a humane and dignified way, and then processing in the people who would qualify, while also long-term look at legislation to allow people to immigrate here for work in a legal way if they're not fleeing, then everything will settle. But we just have to, you know, f start with the facts. Um, and I think, honestly, that's going to be the most difficult thing. All right. Stand by. we got uh, just a couple more minutes here. We're going to get back here in just a second. Got a quick break to take on The Ron Show, the America One Radio app, AmericaOneRadio.com. We're on with Kate Goldfinch, immigration attorney in Austin, Texas. Stand by. Incidentally, for those who don't know, my full-time job is that I am a realtor, a real estate agent with eXp Realty. And you can dive right into the latest listings, get your home value checked out, check out open houses by visiting me at ronontheal.com. Even share some uh, blog posts that has me focusing in on the real estate industry and trends. Obviously, interest rates are climbing right now, which has a lot of folks thinking, oh, that means the market's going to go south. Mm, Atlanta's, Atlanta's a different animal. Money Magazine actually says that Atlanta is the number one place to live, the best place to live in the United States. And by 2040, there will be two and a half million more of us living in Metro Atlanta. There's like six million now. That's a big chunk of people coming in the next 18 years. And I know what you're thinking. Oh, 18 years, that's that's a long way from now. Do you know it was 18 years ago we were all jamming in the club to a new song called Yeah by Usher, Lil John, and Ludacris? Yeah. <laughs> Not all that long ago, right? Life moves pretty fast. Ferris Bueller, thank you. Currently, we are seeing mortgage interest rates at or above 7%. That's a far cry from the below 3% figures we were enjoying the last two years, but they're not all that different than what they were in 2004, 18 years ago. And by 2040, 
if you pull the trigger on a home purchase or a rental income investment property today, you'd be either done with it if you chose a 15-year mortgage or more than halfway through a 30-year note, with equity growing by the year in a local housing market needing space for 2.5 million more people by 2040. What I'm saying is what you buy now is likely going to be wildly more valuable in 2040 or even 2030. It really is good to be number one, especially if you own your own home or a rental income property or both in Metro Atlanta. Hit me up, Ron at rononthereal.com, 843-283-0078, Georgia MLS 396-720.